Yeah. Or that self-judgment thing. Yeah. And this is like a tough thing for me to do consistently, but I think it's a, I really should just write it down on an index card and look at it five times a day. Literally look at a card that says, look at yourself as you when you were five years old. Yeah. Right. As you as a little kid. Right. And you had a bad night's sleep as a five-year-old. What would you tell that five-year-old? Oh, pull your bootstraps up. Let's go, kid. You know, right. like, no, you'd what's be like, oh, you? what's yeah, wrong with like, you? Hyper judgment. For whatever so reason, judgmental. as we get older, we get to a certain point where we're like so hard. We're our own drill sergeants. Yeah. We're like, you got to do more. Come on, snap out of it. Let's go move it. Why don't you have it figured out yet? You should have already realized this. Like you should be farther along and it's. Yeah. And then feeling bad about it, right? Oh, yeah. if I just did this, this, and this, or if I just if started only. earlier, if only. Welcome to Confessions of a Financial Advisor, the antidote to conventional financial wisdom. My name is Al, and I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years. This podcast will explore the emotional and psychological factors that affect our behaviors. All of the other financial podcasts out there will talk about the numbers and the math. We will confront the stories that we all fuse with that ultimately set the course for our lives. I am not looking for new clients and have no intention on running for any kind of office. I'm going to tell you like it is and call out all the commonplace BS. Now, let's get into confessions of a financial advisor. All right, we are on episode 15. And this one is a post called Western Eastern Dichotomy. I'm here with Diane once again. Hi, Diane. Hey, y'all. Happy that you're here. Happy that we're talking about a fun subject. A lighter topic than some of the more recent ones. (laughs) Yeah, lighter topic and one that we're both interested in and fascinated by. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just talking before the podcast how I came to it. Like earlier in life, I had a college course mm-hmm. in philosophy that kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the stuff. And you didn't come to it more until like your 30s. 30s, yeah. But it's funny. We both had similar backgrounds with the Christianity, with the Catholicism. Being brought up. We're both recovering Catholics. Yeah. And going through college and having that course opened my eyes to a whole different way of, oh, this is another way that we can think about this. Right. There's so- an alternate pathway. So I'm not inherently flawed. I'm actually, boy, I was born perfect and that the world and my perceptions of the world, all my interpretations of, of situations have kind of clouded that. Mm-hmm. And now it's literally just a process of seeing through those clouds and realizing that you're okay. Everything's good. It's just, yeah. you know. You don't have to prove anything or find your worthiness outside. Yeah. And to define, like, so Western philosophy, we both kind of agree on that is more of a mentality of achievements, progress, but on the success, success, outward success. But then they don't talk about the flip side. So those are all the positives, right? Because that's, that's the kind of like the Nike, just do it kind of mentality. Just do it aggressive, you know, get things done. Mm -hmm. But they don't talk about that Judeo-Christian mesh that they have with that, which is inherently flawed, need to prove yourself, need to repent. Right, you're unworthy. Uh, yeah, unworthy. And there's, there's just something, like we were saying, original sin, there's something inherently wrong with you. Flawed, right? Flawed. 
And then, so I came from that viewpoint. I didn't really mold with that when I was a kid, but that was the only kind of ideology that I could base anything off of. That's all I knew at that point. And then taking that philosophy course, I learned more about the Eastern philosophy where they tell you, like, it's more of like this idea that, listen, you're perfect as you are. We're all born perfect. There's nothing wrong with anybody. Right. You, you know, can't fail at being you. Is yeah. Like, you're just like, can't skirt up. Like you're who you're supposed to be. Yeah. And your problems are just perceptions and they're just interpretations based on your experiences. Yeah. And so there's no need to achieve. And there's just the culture of Eastern philosophy for the most part. I mean, it's a broad generalization. It's a culture of self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. Radical self-acceptance. Radical self-acceptance, which is so contrary to, again, Western philosophy. Because on the good side of Western philosophy, yeah, everybody wants to move forward. Everybody wants to grow. Progress. Everybody wants to have yeah. progress. But what comes along with that is also judgment. Because Absolutely. now, now you're, how do you even know you're progressing unless... You're comparing you know, yourself. You're comparing yourself. External metrics. Yes. And then what if you're not progressing? Then how do you mm-hmm. feel about yourself? Now you're not a worthy person anymore. That's the slippery slope for me. So the dark side of yeah. Yeah, the just do it dark side. I always think of the commercial. Oh, I but, love that. <laughs> yeah, the the Nike just do it. And I think about like making a commercial like where like guy's alarm clock goes off and he just mm-hmm. like hits the snooze button nonstop and never actually goes for the run. Yeah. Like, so is that guy just bad? Like, that's so frowned upon in our society. To like just the lazy, like, be still. Yeah. Rest. You yeah. got to get up five o'clock in the morning and run and progress and eat a clean diet and do everything right. And and if you're not doing that, then you're failing. You're failing. It's a failure. It's a yeah. character flaw. It's literally a character flaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Eastern philosophy always seemed like. Again, self-acceptance, man. And then what a crazy concept because it's such a difficult thing to do from moment to moment. Because it's so different from what we are culturally indoctrinated to believe, at least in the United States in particular. Yeah. And I wanted you to use your fancy word that you brought up before. It was... uh, But yeah, but oh. it, it kind of like describes the roller coaster from day that to day. That is life. That it, so the word is vicissitudes. <laughs> <laughs> I just collect words as I go out in conversation. That one came up recently and I'm like, I really like that. And it's a, <laughs> the friend that shared it with me, I said to her, I said, well, that's a much prettier sounding word than the actual experience. Of it. But it describes that there's always ups and downs and you're always on that roller coaster. You can't really get off of it or detach from it. But we were talking earlier about, yeah, you can still be on the roller coaster. And then if you pull back and have just a wider perspective, Mm -hmm. it kind of eases the experience of the ups and downs that are just inevitable. Things are going to happen. You know, negative experiences are going to impact us. And if we just step back, it can make it a little easier to navigate those ups and downs. And knowing ahead of time that those ups and downs just are ongoing. You I mean, know, they're you, just part of life. Like grief yeah. happens, trauma happens, death happens. I mean, none of us get through life without navigating those experiences. That having a more general, broader perspective can make it a little bit, I don't want to say easy, a little less challenging. Well, there you can have some self-acceptance because you're already out in front of it. You know ahead of time that, oh, now I'm in a down patch. Or on the opposite side, like I'm in a great, joyous, kind of elated patch. Yeah. 
but also yeah. having the temperament to know that in each of those moments that they're visceral, that they're temporary. Like that, nothing the, is permanent. No. Yeah, and I think that's what that Western philosophy illusion kind of tells you is that we can all be constantly achieving, progressing, all happy all the time. What all happy all the time? Like, yeah. You know what? No one is. No one. I don't care. The most enlightened human being on the planet. Don't. Don't try to tell me they never have a negative experience because I just don't believe that's true. And the picture's painted to people that it is like this. This is what's so dangerous about the social media thing, oh, which God. I'm, and I, we won't go down this rabbit hole, but it's <laughs> not. But just like I just think of Instagram alone and I just totally. see living it's the best life ever, you know. Everybody's just, highlight reel. It's yeah. It's, and we use that term a lot in this podcast and because it's so so prevalent in our society, you know, the highlight reel, you know, mm-hmm. man, oh man. I mean, how do you live up to the highlight reel? You don't. You don't. No. I can't live up to my own highlight reel. Like, I, look, <laughs> I know, I, me either. I'm I like, look at my pictures. I'm like, man, I look pretty happy there. I look, wow, it's <laughs> great. I was out to dinner and I'm on vacation. I'm on the beach. Look at me. I'm yep. doing, yeah. So contrasting that with the Eastern philosophy of just accepting yourself however you are and wherever and wherever you, are, you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're having a bad day. We all have bad days. Like I could have slept better last night. It is what it is. So. Well, I think it's the next like I was like, yeah, or that self-judgment thing. Yeah. And this is like a tough thing for me to do consistently, but I think it's a, I really should just write it down on an index card and look at it five times a day. Literally look at a card that says, look at yourself as you, when you were five years old. Yeah. Right. As you as a little kid. Right. And you had a bad night's sleep as a five-year-old. What would you tell that five-year-old? Oh, pull your bootstraps up. Let's go, kid. You know, right. like, no, you'd what's be like, wrong oh, what's yeah, wrong with like you? Hyper judgment. Yeah, but whatever so reason, judgmental. as we get older, we get to a certain point where we're like so hard. We're our own drill sergeants. Yeah. Where we're like, you got to do more. Come on, snap out of it. Let's go move it. Why don't you have it figured out yet? You should have already realize this like you should be farther along and it's yeah and then feeling bad about it right oh if i just did this this and this or if i just started earlier if only and then just to reframe that as like you're always that little kid for i mean we all are we're always the little kid it's just we don't treat ourselves that way and the whole idea that we treat strangers better than we treat ourselves ourselves. strange and it's not like I, i try to think of the actual dialogue that i have going on i can't piece it together but it's just this almost now it's just turned into a feeling because i've done it for so long mm-hmm. it's the sinking feeling of like if i'm not doing enough or if i'm not checking off the to-do list or if i'm leaving well, things you know and there's undone. an element of guilt to it that being self-employed oh that's a whole other conversation but i had this perception internally in my mind that if it's monday through friday nine to five i'm supposed to be working Mm-hmm. And if I'm taking time for myself on those days between those hours, I'm screwing it up and I'm lazy or inefficient. And I really had to confront that story that I was telling myself because it's like, well, the reality is if I'm working Saturday and Sunday, who's to say I can't take a Wednesday off for personal time? I mean, and guess what? Me. And what if you're off Saturday and Sunday and Wednesday? And what Wednesday. You, oh, right. God forbid. You know, you're three days off, you know, like why are we on this five day grid and more, more, more and working and being available and connected 24 seven. Oh my God. 
every time I'm without a phone, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of nice. Like no one can get to me. No one can text or call me. Email is non-existent. I just don't have access to it. Yeah. It's, and I think we talked about it in the post that you had the experience of going somewhere in the mountains where there literally, you had no other option. There was no cell service. Like, yeah. and almost being forced to be present, like not having the addictive technology that we're so accustomed to. Yeah. It was, it was like holding a brick in, in my hand. It was like, it was worthless. Like I couldn't do anything with it. <laughs> paperweights, a fancy paperweight. Yeah. Like this is useless now. This is basically mm-hmm. a useless thing. Right. and yet in our day-to-day life it's so hard to practice that and how many like if you go out anywhere i mean i just love people watching which new orleans was so fun like gold mine city for people watching watch people everybody's on their damn device nobody is like having an actual conversation or it's rare you know with the people they're right in front of yeah and we're all guilty of it to some degree yeah, and the things that make us feel good are like the slow interactions with friends, with the connections with people, the connections with nature, like the, all the things that make me happy. Like I know, I know what they are. Right. I, I could list them out, and I have listed them out. I'm like, here's the top twenty things that, at any right. moment, if you're like feeling overwhelmed or whatever, just do one of these to pick one. Uh huh. You know, like read, exercise, get out in nature, take a walk. Call yeah. a friend, take a walk, uh-huh. um, Amelia, take a shower. <laughs> yep. But for whatever reason, people like us, well, I'll speak for myself, people like me, I feel very torn between two worlds. You know, one totally. world of that Western progress, to-do list, check it off. If you don't get it done, feel bad about yourself because... You, Pay your bills, gonna, keep your commitment. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to do, do double tomorrow if you didn't do enough. I'm like, oh, it's just, just never ending. And then right. that Eastern philosophy of like, you're good. Like you're good as you are. There's no achievement that you need to accomplish that is going to make you a better person or that should affect how you feel about yourself. Right. Like if you can get to a place where you just feel good about yourself, regardless of achievement or status or money or, or title, title, title yeah. or salary or the car you drive like none of those things is any indication of your worthiness as a human being. Like the fact that you're breathing is proof. It's okay. You're like, yeah. And when you really think about it, like what's the, what the hell's the difference anyway? Like we said in the last post, what's the point? Right. What's the the point of it all? I mean, go walk in the woods for the rest of your life. Is that guy any less happy than the guy that's the CEO? I mean, we talked about that we're taught this false assumption that wealth and money in particular or lifestyle is going to automatically increase our satisfaction. And that is so often not the case. We talked about in the post, Buddhist monks are not going to seek wisdom from millionaires. It's the other way around. Yeah. And if you compare, and these are generalizations, of course, like somebody that has less resource as opposed to somebody that's very wealthy the one that has less resource can still go out in nature. They can still enjoy simple things. They can they have interactions. They probably have less responsibility. And- less to upkeep, less things to insure, less things to buy and manage, and right. just less, yeah. less mental clutter. Yeah. And maybe the, the person that has less means has more mental space, mm-hmm. more genuine interactions. Again, generalities. I'm sure there's plenty of wealthy people that are satisfied with their lives. Yeah. And genuinely like Bill and Melinda Gates and that philanthropic foundation that they started to give back that there's wealthy people doing amazing work in the world. However, it doesn't automatically mean 
that they're more satisfied with their lives. And it doesn't mean that they don't struggle with the things that the rest of us struggle with. But I would even argue that they have a tougher time that like the people that have wealth and that have, again, like multiple pieces of real estate and then multiple businesses and like they're juggling a lot of things. It's just automatically in your head. It's taking up mental space. Whereas the the guy that lives in the one bedroom apartment or the, (laughs) the, you know, the cabin in the woods. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you know how many times in the last year I've threatened to run away? To the mountains and just yeah like and i just may do it around my birthday this year as a gift to myself i'm just like that just sounds delightful like let me just go to a place where no one can get to me just be by myself just bring just... your microphone so we could do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> i want to know that. what it feels like I we'll, can do, do that. we'll do a nice spiritual <laughs> one for that one. <laughs> oh, do one do one on nature or something so i had the experience of recently of going to a mastermind retreat which I've never done before. And it was a really interesting experience to be far from home with people I had never met until I showed up and met them the first day we were all there and to spend three very intensive days doing things just for myself. And the fact that it's so rare that I allow myself to do things like that, like it was radical for me to pick up and go and fly by myself to New Orleans, yeah. stay there alone, and then do this retreat for three days. And it's so funny. So I'm in the retreat and my phone's on silent and turned over so I can't see it. And I'm getting calls for people wanting me to work with them in real estate. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I removed myself and now, and I'm focusing and shifting. A year ago, I shift much more toward writing. The last year, everyone wants me to work with them in real estate. I'm like, I don't want to. Like, no, here, here my agent friend. I don't want to do it. It's like, as soon as you forget about it, that's as when it As soon as you let comes. it go, well, that's when everyone wants my attention. It's like, so I was told... One of the first real estate brokers I co-broked with, this was probably 15, 16 years ago, she told me, just take your schedule, your calendar, book yourself a weekend in Charleston, which is where she liked to go. Book yourself a weekend away in Charleston once a month. And she said, you will never run out of business. Mm. When you remove yourself, that's when everyone wants you. <laughs> I, I wrote a purchase contract the day before I was getting on a plane to go to New York to see family. I'm like, like literally the contract comes through my email as I'm getting ready that morning to go to the airport. Of all the days, I'm writing purchase contracts right before I'm leaving town. This is so reminding me of like one of my favorite movies. The movie's called Swingers. You ever see Swingers? Oh yeah. Oh, it's been a while, but yeah. So John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, uh-huh. and yeah. that guy, I think his name's Ron Livingston, the guy from Office Space. Uh-huh. So John Favreau broke up with his girlfriend and then moved uh-huh. to LA to be an actor or a stand-up comedian. And he's stressing and he's like miserable and depressed because his girlfriend broke up with him and uh-huh. she's back in New York and he's in LA and the whole movie kind of goes through this whole thing about how he misses his girlfriend, he's hating himself and he's depressed. and Because the his- relationship with a partner is really an indication of your value. <laughs> 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 Let's not even get me started. But no, but the funny thing is, so like... <laughs> so he goes through like, through the whole movie like depressed his friends are trying to cheer him up and trying to get him out to meet girls and that kind of thing uh-huh. and then finally at the end of the movie he meets Heather Graham and starts like having an interaction with her and then just as his friends were telling him as soon as you forget about this girl is when she's going to come back she's going to want you yeah, yeah. so yeah. like basically now he's all into <laughs> Heather Graham Heather Graham calls him they're uh-huh. talking and then he clicks onto the other line and it's the girlfriend. The from other one, right. I miss you so much, this and that. Wait, hang on. I got to talk to my girlfriend again, you know, and like totally just forgot about her. Yep. And it's like the whole basis of the movie is the idea of that. 
as soon as you forget about her, that's right. when she'll come back. Exactly. That's kind of like as soon as you forget about the business, that's when you'll get it, right? That's when everyone wants me. Everyone's selling themselves on me through my writing on the internet. And I'm like, I have fewer social media profiles right now than I did a year ago. I've been deleting left and right. Like I'm off Facebook, got rid of LinkedIn. Like I don't market myself as a real estate broker. So how does that fit into the Western philosophy of like (laughs) move forward? Do more. I have more likes and followers. And the opposite in my experience has been true. Like I have worked with more real estate clients in the past six to eight months who found me through my writing online that I did like years ago. The last post that I put on my real estate blog website was the end of April last year. Haven't touched it. So what do you attribute it to? The cosmos? I I just haven't been looking for any new business. And I decided actually at one point I was driving to a closing with some past clients in the middle of last April. And I had the realization on the way to go pick up the lockbox. I'm like, I really don't want to work with any clients that I haven't worked with before. I just really don't want any new. Mm. And all of a sudden, as soon as I make that decision and had that realization, all of a sudden new clients start trying to get me to work with them. Mm -hmm. I stopped looking for it and I wasn't interested in it. And all of a sudden, new business opportunities. And, and it's still business opportunities for me because I can get paid when I refer it to an agent friend of mine, which is win-win for both of us. I get a referral fee and my agent friend gets a warm connection with this mm. person needing their services. So We have such a similar experience with that because same with me. So I haven't prospected in probably seven years. Mm-hmm. And I've actually turned away friends that wanted me to manage money. I'm like, I don't want to mix that. No. I don't want to mix the managing money with the friendship. I did it once, didn't work. <laughs> so I kind of learned, been there, done that. Yeah, learned yeah. my lesson and then just decided not to prospect. Like I didn't want to put myself back in that situation of I'm looking for business. I'm calling people over and over again. I'm trying oh, to get Oh, financial people. advisors are the worst. As a They're the worst. Agent, I'm a target for all of them. And oh, yeah. I'm like, stop, just stop. I don't need any more. Just stop. In my neighborhood where I live, solicitation is actually pretty common. And I just don't answer my front door. Like a financial advisor is walking door to door, like handing out business cards. And I'm like, how is this even effective? Like, just Oh, Edward Jones awesome. guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always Edward Jones walking door to door. To door. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I'm exhausted for you, dude. Like, this is how you're trying to generate business. It's tough. I did it for so long. I'm like, I think I got so scarred by that process. I'm like, I'll never do it. I'll never do something again. else. I'll yeah. go sell whatever. I'll go sell widgets somewhere before I do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then we were talking about how age, like as people age, even as we're aging, we're talking <laughs> differently now than we obviously we're talking in our twenties and thirties. Yeah. We um, wouldn't, yeah. We wouldn't have been having this conversation 10 years ago. And yeah. Both in our forties. And I wonder what kind of conversation we'll have when we're in our 60s. You know, it's like, I don't know. How much will it change? You know, will it be that far removed from what we're talking about now? Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems that when people age, their mentality and their just overall view of life leans, starts to lean more toward that Eastern philosophy of self acceptance. There's no more achieving. We We don't need to be on this never ending treadmill of achievement. Yeah. And this is general, of course, that the younger generation, so you and I are both in our forties. And so we're in that middle generation, like Gen X, we're not millennials and we're not baby boomers. We're in the middle and the millennials have a tendency. I mean, they grew up with technology in their hands. So they're hyper-connected and they're just always on and jumping from one thing to another again, generally. It's like, that just looks exhausting watching people behave like that. Yeah. 
you see like older people getting more into gardening and like <laughs> reading or just leisure activity. They seem just more calm. They don't seem as stressed out. Again, generalizing, but yeah. I would say the majority, I would say the, that's the way the trajectory of how things work as you mm-hmm. get past your forties and fifties and your kids are out of the house and mm-hmm. you're just back to like having your own time to yourself and you just yeah. kind of mellow out. And I've seen yeah. it with so many people happened to my parents most parents that I see, like most of my friends. Oh, parents. my mother is a great example. My mom is so much more relaxed. And I would say this if she were sitting here. She's so much more relaxed in her 60s than she ever was growing, with us growing up when she was actively, I mean, she's still our parent, but growing up, oh yeah. my God, it was a lot. She's much more chill. The 60s are the sweet spot. I'm telling you, I always see it in the 60s. Man, I remember going to Florida and like seeing my mom with her friends and like mm-hmm. they'd all be just like coming over and they'd be having coffee and they'd always bring cake and they'd play cards and they'd just like kind of banter and yeah. they were like loving it, loving life, like living in Florida, like they had their little clubhouse, mm-hmm. but all their friends were around, they're planning dinners, they're planning little cruises, right? just having a grand old time. I've never seen my mom that happy than when she was in her 60s. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that she was miserable before, but that was like where she was glowing. Right. You know, like, this is great. We're retired. I'm around all people I want to be around. There's no more having to prove myself or like be on some treadmill. I'm just, I am who I am. You don't like it. See you later. Take off. Take it or leave it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm very much that way now, even as I got to like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not making decisions for you. Yeah. Well, I think we're, we're, I'm I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back. We're like the rare breed in their forties. Everybody around us in their Uh forties is in corporate America is on a treadmill where I feel like we both have a lot more flexibility than most our age. And I feel at least working from home and work, you know, self-employed person, it's a little strange because like the world's just going on around you. Everybody else is on that eight to 10 hour a day, Monday through Friday gig. Yep. And I could be walking around the middle of the day, just like going on a stroll. And I'm like, oh my God, if I ever end up in a grocery store on a weekend, oh God, shoot me. Like, I'm like, this is why I don't shop on Saturday and Sunday when everybody else yeah. is shopping. Like, it's so many people and they don't move and they're just in my way. And I'm like, this is why I don't shop on weekends. <laughs> yeah. Trader Joe's is far more peaceful on a Wednesday morning than it is on Saturday afternoon. When but, but like, there. <laughs> <laughs> But like during the day, like during the week, during the day, I'll be walking around and I'm only going to be walking into people that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, people that are retired. Or self-employed. Or self-employed, but the self-employed people are few and far between, at least in my experience that I've seen. Yeah, I just have a lot of friends that are also business owners and self-employed and a lot of them have like young kids, but we'll meet for wine at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And it works out great for both of us because then I'm home early because I don't like being out late. And then they're home with their kids at dinner time. And it's like, we're just drinking wine at three. And, uh, you got to introduce me to these people. I got no <laughs> friends. I got zero friends like that. Really? <laughs> zero. No, three o'clock oh, in the Totally. Oh, yeah. man. No. All right. I'm hanging out with you more often. <laughs> <laughs> Come along. <laughs> yeah. Please invite me. And I, I wanted to kind of finish the post with like, so how do you combine the two? How do you combine Western and and Eastern? And take the best of both worlds. Is it possible? And, or are you just on this never ending, you know, roller coaster of vicissitudes? (laughs) 
It's always it's, a choice. There's one day going to be Western, then the next day is going to be. <laughs> you're just flip flopping back and forth, or can you mesh them? Is it possible to integrate aspects of both within daily life? And I believe it absolutely is. So you could have goals. You could want. Yeah, to there's nothing inherently in. wrong yeah. with wanting a nice car. There's nothing wrong with that, with having that desire or, you know, having a safe place to live. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but is there a way to incorporate more of the mindfulness, more of that? It just feels more peaceful way of being from the Eastern traditions. Oh, and is it a slippery slope to be on, you know, when you're always striving and trying to progress and trying to achieve, we were talking about before that it automatically puts you into a comparison mode. Totally. Which you also wrote a post on. And where, Yeah. Where do you stack up? How do you stack up with everyone else? Uh-huh. Then comes the self-judgment. Then comes the feeling bad about yourself. If you could be out ahead of that and know, all right, if that's going to happen, if that's the chain of events that's going to happen, but you know ahead of time that, yeah. oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah. I, I was striving for this thing. And then like for, <laughs> I always bring it back to drumming. Drumming is the, like people send me, vid- they send me videos Friends out there, please stop doing this. Do not send me videos of an eight-year-old that can play Rush's Tom Sawyer. Like on, a child prodigy. Yeah, like literally <laughs> to play something that would take me 20 years to even, fit, you know, just so far ahead. Look at this little kid. He could barely sit on the stool and he could play 10 times better than you. I'm like, thank wow. you. Thank you. That feels great. You may need to retire some friends. <laughs> Come on, there's a whole new... I try to do the Buddhist thing where like, thank you, you're my teacher. Like they're teaching me not to compare, right? Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I think it it is possible. I think it's possible if you're, you have your checklists, you have your to-do lists, you have your goals, you have your benchmarks of where you're moving toward, but then Mm -hmm. catching yourself all along the way when you're getting Mm -hmm. too far down that road of comparison and... That awareness is critical. And just valuing yourself based on that. That's where I think when those two things come together, when your self-worth and self-value right. are predicated on what you're accomplishing, then that's, that's not a good road. Very dangerous. Yeah. Or a, a relationship or an, a business or another person, anything external. It, it could be anything. Like you said, a yeah. relationship is total. I mean, not everyone should be in a relationship. Not everyone should buy a house. Not a- Holy crap. <laughs> And I'll speak to a lot of people in Charlotte. Some people shouldn't own a car. So a lot of people should not own a car. Yeah. They should should definitely increase the standards of what it takes to have a driver's license. Not everyone should have children. I mean, not everyone's cut out to be a parent. It's But you but you you think that that mold applies to everyone because that's what everybody's telling you. Because that's what our culture would have us believe. Why aren't you? What's wrong with you? You're not married? Diane, you're not married, you're forty? Yeah. (laughs) You want to have kids? Oh my, oh. Shocking to people. It's like, that's right. I I have a complicated enough relationship with sleep. No, I do not want to be a parent. It's, no. But it's that idea of also, I think like, you know, you always want what you don't have maybe partially. Like, so for instance, I have (laughs) one daughter. Uh Well, I have a stepdaughter, but so the one biological daughter and she always says that she wants siblings. Like, I'm like, you do, you have a stepsister. No, no, I want like real siblings, like basically (sighs) meaning... I'm like, yeah, I had, you know, I had two sisters. I'm like, uh-huh. a lot of times I wanted to be an only child. Oh my God. I'm the oldest of four. I would have loved to have been an only <laughs> child. 
That sounds delightful. Nothing yeah. against, you know, my sisters, but yeah. Love my siblings, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but it's it's just the idea of like, so you're you this, but you want up. that. Oh, you're that, you want this. It's like so you know. I'm very tall. Strangers comment on it pretty much on a daily basis while I'm out and about. I had a very petite librarian once look at me and say, Can I have your height? And I remember looking at her and I said, <laughs> Are you sure you really would want it? Because, you know, and she's, well, that's true. You probably want what you can't have. But it's like, well, I, I don't ever want to be short, really. But, you know, my height is, it is what it is. I can't change it. <laughs> how, tall, <laughs> how tall are you, Diane? 5'10-ish. And that's, then yeah, some, some guy yesterday is standing behind me in line. And he looks at me. He's like, you're very, he comments. He's like, you're very tall for a woman. And then he goes, wow, I can't even imagine you in heels because I was in sneakers all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, easily 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, yeah. So. You are a tall drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> it's just interesting the things people say to me. Well, that wraps it up for our Western-Eastern <laughs> dichotomy. <laughs> and it's funny how, like, again, how, like, these interweaving stories. I love the way our posts kind of... They literally, you could link them all together very easily. You really could, yeah. Comparison goes very well with this one. We haven't done the comparison. We could do a whole post on judgment. We haven't done one on judgment yet. There you go. I mean, we're coming up with ideas left and right here. So yes, that was episode 15, and that was Western Eastern Dichotomy. Please come follow us at faconfessions.com and like, subscribe, and share, and I don't know. Comment, review. Comment, review. Next week, we got a cool one. I say that every week. I'm going to stop saying that. Every (laughs) every week is cool. (laughs) Yeah, we got the coolest podcast. Episode 16 is called Fanaticism. (laughs) (laughs) We tried not to dip too deep into the religion thing on this episode. We did that deliberately. (laughs) But fanaticism, we're going to have to touch upon it again. Sorry for the religious people out there. So yeah, please, again, come follow us. And we look forward to talking with you again next week. And we'll see you next time. See you next week.